Hi. Hi, Ben. Hi, Marta. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fine. Are you feeling okay today? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, but we're super excited. We got a new episode of How the Fuck Do I Podcast. Yes. Welcome to How the Fuck Do I Podcast. Welcome. This uh, is a show <laughs> where we talk to people. We talk to people. And we find out that they're experts in something. And we learn how we can maybe do that if we're interested in that. We want to inspire. We want to learn. And we want to do. Yes. We want to make happiness. We want to make happiness for you. That's right. With real actionable items. That's real actionable. Today's episode is How the Fuck Do I Become a Working Actress with one of my very dear friends, Rochelle Wood. That's me. Rochelle. <laughs> Rochelle Wood. Rochelle in Wood. In the building. In the house. <laughs> Is not only a very dear friend, but she is an incredible working actress, working commercial actress, print model for how many years? Oh, so long. Uh, 15 years now. Wow. 15 years. 15 mm-hmm. years. This girl books. She's incredible. And how I met Rochelle is in my first job, Innovative Artist, when I was an assistant and mm-hmm. had to answer 11 phone lines. Mm-hmm. Um, Rochelle was and still is a client of Innovative Artists. Yes. And that's how we met. I was yeah. insistent, answering her calls, sending her callbacks. Mm-hmm. We became buddies. Wait, mm-hmm. this is amazing. So, because we did talk about Innovative and we how did. you got started. So, how did you guys become friends? Like, what what was the story? We like? would talk on the phone all the time. Yeah. And we just kind of clicked. My job was, I give good phone. My job yeah, was she to does talk on the phone. Good. Great phone. I mean, you had to be back then. Yeah, Yeah. but what would happen if, like, you guys were having a, you know, a conversation catching up and, like, one of your other ten lines went off? Uh, Hold, please. Hold, hold, please hold. Thank you for holding. Thank you for holding. Who are you waiting for? Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. You had to know. Every 11 lines, you had to know who was on what line. I think we should, like, get a little download of who Rochelle is. Where are you from? What, uh, you know, how you made it to L.A.? She's from here. I made it to L.A. because it was where I was. (laughs) <laughs> I was born and raised in LA, yep, and um, I lived in Glendale, and I became a model and commercial actor, just kind of out of random fluke of my boyfriend, who's now my husband, had an agency. Wait, stop. How yeah. cute is that? It's, Did you hear what she just it's, said? It's say it a, again. It's been a while. Say that, say that again. <laughs> when I was 16, my boyfriend, who is now my husband, had a modeling agency, and he was like, you should just go in, and I went in, and I mean, it was... I was very hesitant. I really had a, I had a volleyball injury, and I'm like, what else am I going to do? So I went in there, and they were like, just try going on a couple auditions and see how it is. And I, the first couple ones I went on, I booked, and I guess I figured I should just keep doing it. So I realized that I would do commercials for free. I love doing commercials so much. It's so much fun. It's I love the entire process from the audition to the callback to filming it to the post-production, seeing it on TV. I, I love doing commercials. So that's... When I was in my mid-20s, I stopped doing theatrical work and started only doing commercials, and I've been really, really happy since. And you, Rochelle does a lot of commercials. Like, you have worked for, I can't even count Yeah, I think, I think, I, I tried to add it up. I think I've done it probably around 200 national commercials in the last wow. 15 years. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I well, feel like I've done every commercial, like, every brand, all the cars, all the food, all the fast food, you know, like, you just... <laughs> keep doing them. That's insane. Do you remember what your first commercial was? Yes, I do. And it was a very humbling experience. My first commercial was when I was 17 years old. And it was for this new campaign that Verizon was putting out called Can You Hear Me Now? And my agent at the time had mentioned that somebody that he had represented, this is a different agency than Innovative, um, had said somebody 
my last girl that did one of these commercials made $80,000. And I was like, what? And I was 17. It was my first booking. Wow. And in my head, I was like, oh, well, that's it. I'm, I'm going to retire. Like, I'm stoked. <laughs> and I filmed my commercial. And in my head was getting ready to make some money. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And they never, ever, ever ran my commercial. Aww. Didn't make a dime. What? But you know what? That is the best way to enter this industry because it's, it's totally... Can I say the F? It's, an, it's yeah. a mind oh, F. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay. So, how the fuck do I? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> well, it's a mind fuck. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, because it's, it's just the ups and the downs, and, and you don't know what to expect. And when you're so young and vulnerable, and someone says you can, you know, you can make all this money, it, it was very humbling to be like, oh, you really cannot, you know, count and spend your money until it's actually there, and you really don't know what you're going to get. And you, I get cut out of commercials all the time. Right, right. And so that was my first. Wow. So then you didn't really get discovered. No, I just kind of slowly, yeah, I never really got discovered. I just kind of slowly started doing it. And then after that Verizon one, I... I remember I did one with Carrot Top. Remember that guy? Oh, for yeah. He was the spokesperson for yeah, the, AT&T. Do you remember Carrot Top? I do then? remember Carrot Top. <laughs> okay. Yes. Just making sure. Yeah. That one I do. Okay. okay, good. Yeah. I did one with him. And I mean, I just started doing commercials back to back to back. And and it's been really fun. And I've, I feel like I've been through so many categories, which is like, I was thinking about on the way here. I'm like, oh, when I started, I was doing Clean and Clear and Neutrogena and Old Navy and like these, you know, teeny brands because I was a teen. And then you become like the college girl and like the hot girl that does, you know, Carl's Jr. eating a burger and pretty girl and beer commercial. You do all these things. And all of a sudden you're like auditioning for like Best Buy employee. (laughs) (laughs) When when you were pregnant, you did a ton of work too, right? Because then you get to be like, I'm the mom. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a kid, then you're like the real mom. And then, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to have been doing this for so long and to kind of like hopefully seamlessly, you know, ease in and out of these different categories because you don't even really know. All of a sudden you just like, I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, in the last two years I've been a mom on TV quite a bit guess my mom now you know and it's you just kind of have to change with the times and you know yeah you get older and you change and you have to be able to adapt (laughs) I remember too when you were saying like Brandon uh her husband she was like Brandon's so stoked that he's getting gray hair because now he can book like the big Mm -hmm. thing when's like Viagra jobs yes (laughs) yes it's true it's true like the the different there's, you know, between categories is very weird too, especially for men. And if any man that that's that you know that's done commercials will completely agree with this. But you you kind of go from being like beer guy, like in Miller Lite commercial or like collegey beer guy, and then you become a dad at some point, like the dad character in commercials. But that in between where you're too old to be beer guy, too young to be dad, it's kind of like a weird identity crisis. And then those guys start getting the gray hair, the salt and pepper, and the agents are like, yes. That's so crazy. Isn't that's that so, crazy? Yeah, just like how specific they look mm-hmm. for like their demographic. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, and like that's one of the things, sorry, I wanted to like, if I can just take us through this journey, because this is one of the things that I, is so fascinating that I learned when I worked with Rochelle is like there's this category called ethnically ambiguous mm-hmm. that Rochelle technically like ticks the box of mm-hmm. that you could be any ethnicity. Tell me more. Like, what 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 is that exactly like? Ethnically ambiguous. It means that you're you're not white. You're something, but we don't know what. But what is your actual ethnicity? Well, I finally did. Tw- Wait, first of all, before I even cover this, the the one of the best things that ever happened to me was reading my IMDb message board. I didn't even know I had this, but there's a message board on IMDb, and somebody wrote about me, similar to Mariah Carey. 
What? She wow. lies about her ethnicity depending on who she's trying to impress. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, what? I was like, oh my god! But then I realized, oh, that's because if I see on an audition that they're looking for, you know, a Hispanic family and they're, and they're bringing in ethnically ambiguous, yeah, will I maybe wear my hair curly or play up that part of me? Definitely. Or if I see they're looking for a Pacific Islander style, will I, you know, wear my hair a certain way or dress a certain way? I definitely embrace whatever part of me it is that will fit into that specific category they're looking for. So I think that's what somebody meant. But basically off of that, I did the 23andMe test and I'm pretty much white, African, and a little Asian. So, so I am ethnically ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's But it's just fascinating. Like I had never known that was something. Like, oh, it's a thing. I've never heard of that. It's yeah, definitely it's a, a thing. thing. It's it's. It's definitely a thing. And it's a very, I mean, the timing right now and in, in, in the past 15 years in the industry, it's a good time in the entertainment industry to be mixed. You mm-hmm. know, it just yeah. is. It's a good time. Um, so one of the perks of your job yes. is, and commercials still do this, like they still fly on location. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like you're doing a beer commercial, like, yeah, we're going to have to film that in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of stuff is a studio. Mm-hmm. So you get to go to so many rad places. Yes. So I've been very lucky. Where is the coolest place you've been for a shoot? My favorite would be when I filmed Corona in Mexico City, because I, when I heard they were filming there, I was like, of all places, Mexico City, you know, I didn't, I had no idea that it was badass. And, um, and also because I only do union commercials, right? So the Screen Actors Guild, the union mandates that all principal talent flies business class so and stays in amazing hotels so i'm like traveling in style Dude, we had a union what? for like uh, regular yeah, people yeah, right? sorry continue i love me some screen actors guild <laughs> wow um so yeah so i flew to mexico city and i was there for a week and i i think because i went into it with no expectations i ended up having the most incredible time being just blown away by the city i traveled all around and i had a lot of downtime to explore and go to museums and eat and they give you per diem so you have like your own spending money and you have a gorgeous hotel to stay in i mean traveling for commercials is the bomb i I still can't believe sometimes that i get to travel the world you know first class and call it work so i definitely do not take that for granted but um yeah I've, i've gone to some really cool places how do you prepare yourself for these types of trips and like you know if there's lines like what are you doing to kind of get yourself in the mindset uh you know I I've taken a lot of classes I've taken a lot of like because a lot of the ones that have lines they'll have a teleprompter for you so I definitely have gotten really good at prompter reading and I think because I used to do a lot of acting that I got you know pretty confident in memorizing lines and on set, you have so much downtime that there's really no excuse to like not have your shit together. Mm. <laughs> it isn't like you get to the commercial and you're working the entire time. I mean, you have a lot of downtime. So I usually will just, you know, go over it and get it off book. And I think that's also a tip I have for people that are auditioning because they do have a board in their room usually that has the lines on it, but it's like a crutch that you like want to lean on versus looking in the camera and delivering your lines like you're supposed to. And I always have my lines memorized no matter what. And a lot of people will be like, is there a board in there? And they're like, yeah, you are you can just read off the board. And then they just go, oh, okay. And they just go in and read off the board. But the performance is never as good as if you have it memorized. So I feel like commercial actors should always know their lines before they go into an audition. Yeah, that's it's just kind of like public speaking. It's like you you should know your presentation so that you can bring your personality to it. Right, exactly. Because then it's actually different and authentic. Yeah, yeah that's, how, that's how commercial auditions are. And, and you really, I mean, I'd say once every six months I have to read a teleprompter in an audition. And so many girls go in and have never read a prompter before. And it's a, it's a craft, you know, like everything. Yeah. You have to get comfortable with it. And I think I, cause I've taken some hosting classes and have gotten confident and comfortable with prompters that it, 
that already sets you apart from everyone is being able to do that. So it's those little things of like learning lines or knowing how to read a prompter or knowing how to knowing what angles work on, you know, on camera or what to wear, what makeup looks good, how to how to style your hair so it looks okay but doesn't take over. Like there's I mean there's a million different little things and it's really just like a craft that you kind of fine tune over the years. Wow. No, but I think that's really important to kind of like hear because mm-hmm. yeah. you know with someone trying to figure out like I want to be an actor. I want to get into the entertainment business. Those little things could be looked over. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I was going to ask because you have, I think, the luxury of being like SAG, right? You're in the mm-hmm. union, but there's a lot of work that is non-union. Right. So when you get more seasoned, do you transition into SAG? Like, are there, can you be a working actor, actress by not being union? Like, What's well, the best advice for people who are starting out and about the difference between the two? So if you're starting out and you want to do commercials or film, um, pretty much everyone does start out doing non-union work because you need to you know, learn just the basics of it. And mm-hmm. the union is amazing, and the union is what the SAG-AFTRA, the Screen Actors Guild, which is the union for film and commercials and TV, um, they enable you to make this a career, essentially, because through the union I get full health insurance for my family. I get full benefits of pension and all the I have protection of a union that if anything goes wrong they have you know a staff of lawyers and a staff of people that will answer the phone with if I'm uncomfortable on set for any reason and they guarantee fair pay for what you do they have a a standard level um it's called scale that Mm -hmm. that you you don't make below that so you can guarantee that if you're going to spend your time working it's going to be for a reasonable amount of money and that you'll be compensated fairly if they run it residual wise um, non-union work they don't usually pay residuals it's usually a buyout and the amount they'll pay is much much less um, the reason why non-union commercials are good though is because it gives people a chance to learn how to do commercials and you can do as many non-union commercials as you want, um, but once you start auditioning for union commercials, you can legally only be in, I think, two SAG commercials before they force you to join the union. And once you're in the union, you can't do non-union commercials. The, honest, it's expensive to join the union. It costs a couple thousand dollars. I was going to say, like, how, how, how does one even go about So basically you would... There's there's so many different ways to join the union that you can qualify to join. Commercially, the way I did it is I auditioned for that AT&T commercial with Carrot Top, and, um, and I, I booked that one. That was a union commercial, so they have to do something called Taft-Hartley, which means the production company pays a fee to be able to hire a non-union actor. And it, it's kind of complex, but basically, after that, I was invited to join the union, which I did. And then since then, I, that's when I was 17 years old. I have not ever done a non-union commercial. Wow. Wow. Did you ever decide to quit? Or were you ever like, fuck this. This is too nope. hard. Never? <laughs> nope. <laughs> never a doubt about this career decision. I mean, well, no, I never had a doubt about it because it's it's what I do. It's it's like, would you ever quit like what you're doing right now? Like, no, it's, it's you, maybe if it's not working for you, find a new way to do it better. I definitely have had moments where I'm like, oh, I haven't booked a commercial in six months. I should change something. And that's when I will call my agents. I'll either get new headshots. I'll see if I can take a class. I'll ask them if I should be cutting my hair. Should I grow my hair out? Should I get bangs? Should I color it? Should I not color it? Should I change my what I'm wearing to my auditions, it's kind of like troubleshooting. And if I ever have a down period, that's what I go to instead of wanting to quit. Because truthfully, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like, yes, I have a college degree, but it's 10 years old. I've never once used it. And I consider this my career. So many people get in their heads or can get hit a point where they're they're down, mm-hmm. you know, or like things are not going right. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, how do you 
spiral out of it you know how do you stop it and and change the direction and you know for anyone that wants to be an actor or or an entertainer you're probably gonna run into times in your life where it's like i haven't been booked for six Mm -hmm. months but instead of sitting there and sulking about it right figure out small things that can change Mm -hmm. how you can adapt yourself for you know go ask go out and ask people's feedback and and like you like you do and i think that's like that's a very tangible thing that people can take and and do in the apply their own lives i think that's a really important thing that you yeah and if it's if if anything is not working like i don't take it too seriously if something is not working i change it and i just it's total troubleshooting with with you you are the product and you know if it's not selling then maybe we need to tweak it a little bit what is um what has been one of the times or experiences that you felt like you were the most challenged? Hmm. I my most unpleasant experience on set uh, would have been when I was a, an alien, a sexy alien, of course. What's a, a sexy alien? Well, I'm about to tell you. <laughs> I was a sexy alien in a beer commercial, and I remember we had like a 5 a.m. call time in Santa Clarita in the middle of winter and it was freezing and I had to wear this latex bodysuit and to get it on they covered my entire body in KY jelly and like rolled it on me (laughs) (laughs) yes I was wearing a latex bodysuit to be I'll send you a copy of a link to the commercial so you can post it if you need Um, and they pretty much like unrolled this black latex bodysuit onto my body via KY jelly and I remember they got it on me and it was so insanely cold and they said so this will melt if you go near a heater so you because they have like little space heaters because you're shooting outside like you can't go near a heater and also we can't really get it off you so you can't drink water and go to the bathroom so i remember i was freezing all day and didn't drink any i mean barely drank water just because i didn't want to have to try and get these people to peel this thing off me and at the end of that day i was like you know what if i make some money off this i damn earned it (laughs) How do you like not go to the bathroom though? You just, you just get your it. pee out and then you get your you unroll your body like suit, your body hours, condom. <laughs> your body condom. Oh my god. Like, how many hours were you in this suit? Oh, like, all day. And so what did it was you could just feel the KY jelly like under the suit like all Yeah, day, like, well it's if, if I show you the I'll show you the commercial after and like yeah, like they basically it's latex and it's like they they roll it onto you, you know, and it has to be like it's like a second skin. And it, I mean, it, truth be told, it was, it's a great commercial and it was fun. But um, that day I was thinking to myself, okay, this is not fun. You're like, um, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you definitely earned that, mm-hmm. earned that check. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for people who are just starting out. Yes. What's the, what's the best piece of advice you would give them? Who was, they want to break into commercial acting. What's the one thing they should start doing? What you should start doing is find a good commercial class, um, preferably one that is run by a casting director. Two of them I know of would be the Ross Lacey, Allison Horn class. I think it's called the audition class. Um, another one would be Killian's class because by getting in these classes, they're being directed by actual casting directors who are the ones who hire people for commercials. So if you're starting out and you enter one of their classes and you do well, that casting director can see you and call you in for jobs they're casting, or they can refer you to an agent that they have a relationship with. And if you know, if they see something in you, then they can definitely help you out. Um, that's what I would do if I was just starting off commercially. And then once you are established commercially, if you feel like you are in a down period, or let's say you're getting a whole bunch of callbacks and just not booking, 
um, they have levels of classes that are called like the callback class because the dynamics change so much in a callback because in a commercial audition it's just you right and the camera camera operator and other actors it's very casual but a callback you walk into a room with sometimes 20 people you know producers uh, ad agents the director all these people with opinions and they're the ones that are ultimately responsible for the final hiring and you feel all eyes on you you can get really nervous you can get really uncomfortable but if you take a class like a callback class specifically you can learn and see on camera what is it like what are your nervous tics you're doing or what how, how is your slate your slate is when you introduce yourself do mm. you come off a certain way there's a million different things that you can alter so well and it also sounds like if I'm going to piece it all together let's piece it all together <laughs> I mean I love doing that um, I think it's also like you said being your authentic self mm -hmm. so not only networking but really showing who you are and leaning into that and being confident because that's your distinct competitive advantage. Right. And just being professional and kind gets you so far because so many, I mean, I hear actors sometimes say things like, oh, if I get an audition before 11 a.m., I don't even go. And I was like, what? do you even know the opportunity that you are throwing in the trash Ugh. by having that attitude? I mean, you, it's, it's so hard because you feel like it's unnoticed if you show up late because there's so many other actors signing in. It's being noticed. You know, if you are on time, if you, are prepared you know your lines and you are kind to everyone working because sometimes it's just an assistant that's taking your name down and they'll eventually one day be a casting director I've seen it happen so many times now from doing this for 15 years people that used to literally just take my name when I signed in are now running the show and yeah. directly responsible for hiring me and show but up I on think, time be kind be prepared that's yeah, all it is I mean but those things are like you know for a lot of people are very difficult you know, but it's right. like these are just very small things that if you can change and adapt for your own for whatever you're doing, yeah, will take you to incredible places that you never would have thought before. And right. there's just such three simple things mm -hmm. that you can change. No, so it's true. It's very important for sure. Yeah, Rochelle, this has been super informative, cool, super valuable. This was incredible, very inspirational. I mean, <laughs> thanks. And. Yeah. And thank you for being with us. You're very welcome. And it's we been really fun. We want to take you into our speed round. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Speed round. So Ben, do you want to like alternate these questions? Like let's, I do one, you do one. Let's do them. Let's okay, do so um, so this is a speed round. Okay. These are one word answers. Okay. Texting or talking? Texting. Book or podcast? Book. Cats or dogs? And this is hard because she has cat and dog best friends. I have to play the fifth. That is not fair. I have both, and I love them equally. Fine. It's like choosing a child. Whatever. We can all choose a child, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Dog. Fuck. Dog. Poor kitty. Favorite junk food? Kettle corn. What's your middle name? Elaine. Karaoke go-to song. <laughs> Do you karaoke? Do you karaoke? Nope. Okay. And I, if I have a song, I'm too drunk to ever remember it. I would never karaoke. I have to be drunk to sing karaoke, too. <sighs> You fools. Yeah. I never, ever. Mine is Zombie by the Cranberries. It's Ooh. a great crowd Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. How long does it take you to get ready in the morning? 30 minutes. Not bad. Top celebrity crush and then follow up. Have you ever met them? Oh, yes. Justin Timberlake. And when I was 19, I was in two of his videos. Sen <gasps> what? Senorita and Like I Love You. I forgot and about And he that. was incredibly humble, kind, charming, uh, Really, really wonderful, wonderful person. I have nothing bad to say. So, and was yes. he hot in person? Oh, of course, beyond. But do you want to hear? I know. But oh, do you want to hear? Yes, I, I get hear. so nervous and embarrassed. I, so I worked with them once on like I love you. We had a great time, and then they hired me again for Senorita, and it was probably like six months later. 
And on set, he came up to me and he was like, oh, hey, how have you been? And I blanked and said, you remember me? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, we just did that video a few months ago. And I was like, But you so know what? Bad. He probably he probably was like, no. "Oh, that's he so nice." He thinks I'm an idiot. No, but I would say the same thing though. Like, how would you expect Justin Timberlake I mean, to remember? You? Like, that's but I was floored, and he is like I said, he's he's awesome. He's still my celebrity crush this many years later. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, okay, fate or luck? Hmm, fate. Uh, more kids, or is the shop closed? We shall see. Oh. I'm not sure still. Oh. To be determined. That's da, da, da. Ex- wow. Amazing. Have you ever cried at work? <laughs> yes. Do I have to elaborate? No. No. It's <laughs> no. supposed to be speed around. Have you ever experienced sexual harassment at work? Yes. By Mr. Steven Seagal. What's new? <laughs> oh. Do you want to talk more about that or no? I mean, just, just him being him in general, you know. What is your favorite age so far? 22. The whole world is ahead of you and you can still get away with anything and be like, but I'm only 22, you know? <laughs> I'm not a girl. Exactly. Not a woman. That's that what it is. Serious? Yes, is that's that what it is. I think, I think so, yeah. That's, yeah. About, that's about being 22, that song. <laughs> well, if she didn't mean to, it totally is. Oh, it's the, it's the best. It's 22 anthem, according to Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Since we're older now, I just, I hate when kids are just like, ah, oh, 23 years old, I'm 22, I'm so old right You now. just like, said that, by the way, about being 30 fucking too. What? You just said the exact same thing. Did I? You were like, oh, and they're a tad <laughs> I am so old. So you just did your biggest pet peeve. Oh, bad farm. <laughs> oh, farms. Okay. Is it my turn? No. We're almost done. <laughs> you can keep going. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite pump-up song or a favorite artist? Um, Sia. Ooh. I love Sia. Sia is the awesome. Um, <laughs> at what age do you hope to retire from being a working actor? Never. Never. I want to do commercials until I'm doing AARP commercials. Um, I don't. I'll do anything. I'll keep going and going and going. It's so much fun. I don't ever want to stop. It's my jam. Bring on the depends. Do you have a dream commercial or like a like a a brand that you haven't worked with? That you know what my dream would be is to be a spokesperson for something. Kind of like what like Flo or someone like that does or the Toyota girl. I want to have a brand that I work with on contract exclusively. Okay. Fill in the blank. Happiness is blank. Hmm. Ooh, that's a really hard one because happiness is so many things. Okay, you know what? For me right now in my life, happiness is health. I love that. That's a great one. Rochelle, thank you for being with us. Thank you. This is really fun. Thank you for gabbing with us and chatting. Yeah, yes. I really appreciate your time. Of and course. Just your insight. And I think, uh, you know, for anyone that wants to be an actor out there, hopefully this will be a huge help I hope to them so. to just get themselves off the ground. Yeah. Absolutely. And before we wrap, um, Ben, you said 100% once. So you have to tell I only quick, did it once? You only did it once. So you have to give us a quick um, farb fact. Farb fact. So this was the first time. This is the first time just what... What kind of farb facts are we looking for? I mean, here? I think embarrassing. Like a quick embarrassing farb fact or a funny, interesting thing about you we wouldn't know. Like I mean, we learned that you do face masks. Yeah. Which is a really good farb fact. Panda bear. Okay, so Panda bear face I have mask. I have a weird one. I don't know how this is gonna go over. But I have a habit of flushing the toilet while I'm peeing. What? Why? I don't Why know. Why would you do that? It's like a subconscious thing that like while I'm peeing I'll flush the toilet so that like I finish at the same time that the toilet flushes at the same time I'm dying it doesn't make any sense (laughs) it doesn't make any sense but I don't know why every time I subconsciously will just like do it what happens if you don't 
I feel weird. Like I feel it's just like uh, I didn't. Seven years of bad luck. <laughs> Is that a weird farm fun fact? I mean, I, I don't know. It's I was, a great one. It's a, a great, great fun fact. That's a great one. Okay, that's good to know. I feel like we've. We've got a lot. And of... I only think that because I have to pee right now. <laughs> so, like... And you're already thinking about the timing so of like, the hand. Yeah, okay, well, so we, will, we will let we will wrap so you can you know go have a bio break. Rochelle, thank you for being. Thank with you us. for having me. It was thank, so fun. All right, we'll, we'll talk to you all next time. Thanks for thanks for listening.